Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Kat John, who is known as the Zero Fucks Chick. She's an international coach, a popular podcast host, and I'm calling this Cat Week because I'm the guest over on Cat's podcast, Cat John is Real, Raw, Relatable. So head on over there, take a listen to our chat, and then get stuck into me asking Kat all the nosy questions I wanted to hear. She's the creator of the Global Zero Fucks Movement. She has a meditation app that is launching very soon. She's a keynote speaker, and she runs workshops that help to bring people's souls back to life and save their fucks for the things that really matter. After overcoming life-altering experiences from childhood sexual abuse, bulimia, addiction, mental health struggles, chronic pain, and brain surgery, Kat is an example of hope, showing others that there is life beyond our pain. You can find her over at katjohn.com.au, on Instagram at kat.john, and by the way, Kat is K-A-T, and listen to her podcast, Kat John is Real Raw Relatable. Just a note. We do discuss some pretty heavy topics in this episode. So if you or someone you know is struggling to cope, there are people who care and are ready to listen. You can call Lifeline if you're in Australia on 13 11 14 or visit lifeline.org.au. Well, Kat, thank you for joining me on the podcast, first and foremost. My super pleasure. Awesome to be here. For those that haven't come across you before, who are you and what do you do? Oh, who am I? Well, who I am is not what I do. I guess, you know, there's always that nice distinction to make. In terms of what I do, I do coaching and keynote speaking. Um, I run mass events and I'm also the creator of the Global Zero Fucks Tuesday movement. Oh, should have checked if I can swear on this. It's totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) You'll have to to put the explicit one on. That's what I do. And I guess the message that I share to people is, is really to save their fucks for the things that matter and to give zero fucks to the things that don't. And, and really where I want to help people is, is putting their attention, AKA fucks or energy and focus into what's going to bring their soul back to life. What's going to, what's going to really make them feel like on their deathbed that they gave, they gave themselves and this life a red hot crack. So I guess that's what I do and, and who I am and how I show up. It's, you know, it's my energy, my, who I am is my energy, you know, and and how I show up with that and, and then what I then bring from that, you know, but who I am is my energy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Can't wait to tap into that. Now, just one thing I like to ask guests uh, when they're joining is what are you listening to or watching or reading right now? And it doesn't have to be business related. 
Yeah, awesome. So what I'm reading right now is a book by Esther Perel called Mating in Captivity. Oh, she's got a podcast, doesn't she? She does. She, got, she yeah, does. Okay. She does. Um, she's a legend and that's that's a fantastic book for anyone in relationships and wanting to, I guess, appreciate and understand the difficulty of remaining like uh, connected and intimate, sexually intimate whilst being in a long-term relationship. So I'm reading that and I'm also reading Step Monster as I'm a step parent. So that is like speaking directly to my soul. And then every week I listen to a new podcast because I'm in a podcast club. So the last one I just oh, listened I love to. That. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. never so heard of a podcast of a, club. Yes. Instead of a book club, it's a podcast club. Oh, love it. So the last one I listened to was by Mark Groves from Create the Love about he was interviewing someone on the difficulty of for independent women finding true love. So, yeah, that's that's been my intake this week. I've just written a few notes down for myself. So thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> uh, so, Kat, it's funny, right, because we – what happened? We just connected like a week or two ago. And I think you heard me on Erica Kramer's podcast. And then yes. I was like, hey, Kat, like I've seen you around online for a few years. And mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm really excited to chat with you. We, we spoke just earlier this week. I'm going to be on your podcast, which is exciting. Yes. And um, so this is kind of the first time that we've really chatted about you. And so <laughs> I feel as though like... I don't know. You just, I want to ask, like, where have you come from? <laughs> where has Cat John come from? Because you're just, oh my gosh. You, like you said, you are your energy and your energy is just amazing. And I love it. But like, where have you come from? And I'm guessing that who you are today has probably evolved a little over the years. So I'd love you to uh, take us back a little bit to previous times. Who I was before, you know, I was someone who really gave a lot of a fuck about things that didn't matter. And the things that I really cared about was fitting in, people pleasing, being accepted, belonging, and doing that at a price. And that price was myself, who I was. I would unbelievably act out of integrity with with who I was for the quick hit of acceptance, for the quick hit of belonging for a minute, for the quick hit of someone liking me or or loving me. And I really was at the mercy of, of other people. You know, people owned me. Well, my belief system was that people owned me. So do whatever you have to do to, to be liked. And that led to a lot of darkness, you know, that led to a lot of self-hate and not liking who I was and not having my own backbone and and not making my own decisions and saying yes to things I wanted to say yes to and, and a real hard no when I wanted to say no to things. And I guess that was all birthed out of, I was sexually abused as a child and, and that, you know, for anyone who's been through that does some pretty messed up shit to, to oh, people. Sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's it's shit because it's all too common and and it really does mess people up and for a long time it messed me up and and I fell I fell very much victim to my own mentality of I'm worthless, I'm a nobody, I must be bad for that to happen, I'm a bad girl, I'm dirty, I'm this, I'm that. So my actions were in alignment with those very negative and and self self-deprecating um beliefs. So 
you know, I mean, that's where I led into the people pleasing stuff or do things at the cost of myself. And really, I guess I was abusing my own me, you know, I then continued the abuse because I just believed I was so worthless. And I guess, you know, as time went on, I developed eating disorders and obsessive compulsive behaviors. I trapped my feelings inside of me. I didn't want to bring them out. I know that feeling. (laughs) Oh, God. And it gets us fucking nowhere, right? So uh, that then led to, in my later teens, um, escaping all of that internal pain and, and disturbance through taking drugs. I went into the party scene big time for about three years and, and just escaped, 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 escaped. And during that time, quite an interesting incident took place when I was out and I was out partying. I don't remember what time it was, but I remember this pain just just like came out of nowhere in my body and it wasn't like muscular pain or like, Oh, I've just got to crack my neck. It was literally like something had lit my, my, my internal things on fire. And long story short, I mean, I was studying at that time also to become a registered nurse. So who I used to be was a registered nurse. So I was studying to be a nurse partying, this pain started. And then over time, when I started to become a nurse, I stopped the partying stuff, but this pain grew worse and it was growing throughout my body. And I then started to get into this chronic pain cycle. And I thought, what the hell is going on? And I started to to take prescribed medications and became very reliant upon them. But a long story short, I left traditional nursing after about three or four years because the shift work was exacerbating this pain. And I thought maybe it's nursing, maybe it's a shift work. I'll go and start working for a different nursing field. So I started working for a plastic surgeon, which was awesome. It was Monday to Friday, cool, different space. And I really enjoyed it. But then there was one day I was working there and I went to go walk down a set of stairs and I didn't know how to walk. Oh God. My, yeah, my foot was like, sorry, girl, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about, but I ain't oh taking a fucking God. step forward. And I, my whole face, my, my boss was like, uh, what are you doing? I'm like, doc, I can't fucking walk. Oh my gosh. So that only took place for like a couple of minutes and then I could walk. So we went straight over to the Epworth, got an MRI, got my results back and I then found out that I had this congenital brain condition that was slowly turning me into a paraplegic. Yeah. So all this like, you know, I was like, oh my God. And, and, and by this part, by this point in time, the chronic pain had gotten into my head, like as in my mind. I would wake up in pain. I'd think, how am I going to get through this day? How am I going to be nice? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And life became very, very hard. So at this point, I was like, what have I done wrong in my life to to have so much shit go down? And, you know, is this life for me? Am I meant to be here? Should I not be here? Should I just like check out because it just seems easier? So I had the surgery, everything they, they fixed structurally, they fixed it, but my nerves were so badly compressed from this brain thing that I had that the, 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 the pain didn't go away. So my doctor put me on, um, my surgeon put me on antipsychotics, which tries to reroute the nerve conduction in your brain to say, hey, you're not in pain. So whether it, that worked or it didn't, all I know is that my soul went black. And I had no idea of a soul or energy or, 
you know, anything back then, the universe, that wasn't even my world. So, but all I knew was that everything went black and I thought, oh my God, this is fucking scary. This, if I thought before was scary, this is scary. I had no life in me. I I hated everyone. I hated myself. I hated, I actually hated being alive. What was your life like then what were you like what was day to day what were you doing (laughs) Uh, well I I was working I was working but I became very uh well my my thinking was dark so because I was working in a plastic surgery practice I became very judgmental and I was very mean to the people who came in I was absent I didn't care I thought you don't know what fucking real life shit is and I was I was awful to my boyfriend at the time my brother who I was living with he was like walking on eggshells and like day to day like I would get up and do stuff I wasn't I wasn't moving my body like physically I was very overweight and I was a zombie. So life was very, very hard. It was really, really hard. And I was pushing people away. People wanted to help. People wanted to support. But I was just so over it that I was like, there's no fucking point. Just leave me alone. The real shift came after 12 months of taking those pills. And I just thought either I am literally going to go out of this life now or I got to do fucking something different. So I reached out to my family and said, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. And I, and I'm not okay mentally. And it was the first time I guess I had ever looked at mental health or looked at how sick I was mentally, not just physically. Cause what did you think up to that point? Cause, cause when you describe it now, it, like you say, you know, everything was black. It was like this black hole, mm. but what did you think? Like, because I, I know when I, when I've been in pretty dark times, yeah, I also didn't know th- what it was. And I just thought that's just me and everyone else has a, <laughs> feels really good. And this is just the way I am. Yes. I was, um, very similar. I didn't, I actually didn't know about like depression or anxiety or anything like that. So I had no label to label it, which whether that was good or not, maybe it was good. All I knew was that I I really wasn't okay. And I think before I had put on like a front that I was okay, but I actually wasn't. Whereas this time I couldn't escape from how bad I actually was mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So it was in admitting how I was in reality that I could actually then face, fuck, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. So my family um, rallied me, uh, rallied around me and they sent me to a professor of neurology who I actually interviewed on my podcast recently who gave me the gift of fucking life. This is where life turned around for me. So I was 24 and had no idea of like manifestation, going after what you want, goals, visualizing, meditation, nada. And this guy, he took me on, which he usually doesn't because he, he's more in the epilepsy realm and brain research, but he just could feel that I, he, that he needed to help me. And when I saw him, he said, you know, living a pain-free life is absolutely possible for you. He said, but you actually have to want it. And he said, I think you might think you want it, but you're actually just stuck in your like victim. You're stuck in a victim. 
And I was like, oh, my God, I hate this guy. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. I hate this guy. You just feel like you don't know anything. You don't know what it's like. But he knows everything. And and he gave me this analogy where he said, Kat, Olympic athletes will train for their gold medal every day. They'll do whatever they've got to do to get that gold medal in however long time. And he said, Kat, you may not have a physical gold medal, but there, I'm sure there's something that you want. There's something that you want. And he said, what do you reckon that is? And I turned around and I said to him, I want to be free. I want to be free to be happy, to be myself, to be who I really am. I want to be free from, from this pain. I just want to be free. And he said, there's your gold medal. He said, so here's an invisible prescription. I want you to every day when you wake up, not take your medication. And he, he confirmed that I was okay to not take the medication. He said, put your feet on the side of the bed, close your eyes and imagine yourself free. He said, just imagine yourself free and notice what that feels like. What does freedom feel like? What do you look like free? What does freedom, you know, go into the whole picture of freedom? And then he said, then go and act in favor of that freedom. Go and act in favor of that freedom, no matter how hard it is. He said, if you do this for 12 months and commit to this, really commit to it, don't miss a day. He said, I reckon you could be pain-free and I want you to report back to me in 12 months' time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I walked out of there. I was with my mum and dad and I just said, fuck it. I'm stopping the pills. I'm doing this. I'm giving this everything. 12 months, I'm just going to do it. And so I did. I dived into it. And and that's when, you know, 10 months later, 10 months later of doing that, doing that, doing that, doing that, and acting in favour of freedom – I fucking was pain free. <laughs> I became pain free. I was like, oh my God, I lost weight. I was happy. I was smiling. I was pill free. I was like, holy shit. I unleashed this power inside and I wow. thought, oh my God, what have I done? Who is this? And that, that is what took me on the path of, oh of what gosh. has got me to where I am today. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that with us. My pleasure. Wow. (laughs) What you have been through and, oh, my gosh, and the pain that you must have felt. I was um, going to say I remember a very just so clearly a moment for me when I guess I had been digging myself out of that pretty dark space. And I just remember this moment. I was driving in my car and just realizing that I actually felt happy. (laughs) and it was just like so because I used to drive in my car and I would just cry Mm. and uh and I was just like hang on oh my gosh this is it and it because I felt as though I lived with this big kind of fog that was hanging over me and I just couldn't really see things clearly I couldn't think clearly and then uh yeah that was kind of my moment I realized I was driving in the car I'm like oh my god like life is just so great (laughs) (laughs) they're good they're good moments they are some good moments so good so what like talk us through you got to that point where you're like wow okay I'm actually living without this pain that I've had 
what then did you change in your life? What did you do? Because what you do now and what you do then and who you are, talk us through kind of what happened next. Yeah. So I guess over that time when I would act in favor of freedom, the thing that I was always guided to do was to move my body, just move your body cat, move your body cat. Even if you're in pain, move your body. Even if you're in pain, move your body. And that became, I guess, evidence for me that even though I might not want to do things, but I do them, it works. So from there, when I, when I realized what I had accomplished and unleashed, I thought to myself, fuck, what other gold medals are inside of me that I don't even know that I'm aware of? What else do I want that I don't know that I'm aware of? So I guess I started to dig in deeper and more things of, of like, oh, I want I want to be truthful to who I am. I want to show up real and, and, and authentic and, and finally be me and be okay with that and, and not need external approval, you know? So that became a new gold medal. And then the more gold medals I discovered, the more, and, and then got them, the more obvious it became where I thought, shit, I'm not meant to nurse anymore. I'm not meant to nurse anymore. I'm meant to teach this work. And what started happening was when um, patients would come into the surgery practice, they'd sit in my office and they'd be like, oh my God, why are you so different? You're so different to <laughs> who you used to be. And I would tell them, and I swear to God, we never end up talking about boobs or tummies or anything. We just talked about life and new patients that would come in, they would be drawn to my energy and I'd end up sharing with them what I would be doing. And they'd be like, oh my God, tell me more. And I thought, fuck, I'm not selling surgery, which I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm selling life to people. And it was, it then became clear, oh shit, something else is, is calling out to me. There's a gold medal that, that is like, mm, pretty sure this is your purpose, cat. And that one scared the fuck out of me. Cause I was like, I'm a nurse. I know? can imagine. Cause you're like, hang on a minute. I've just I've got this career going on here. I'm sure. Did you resist? What did you do? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went and did, I started learning more about this work. I went and did courses on the side. I went to study a graduate diploma of psychology. Um, oh, I did. I completed it at Melbourne university whilst I was studying nursing. So I, sorry, whilst I was nursing. So I held on to nursing as a safety net whilst tinkering around the edges and then I guess things started to, to come up more where my friends were like, hey, you seem different. What have you been doing? I started talking about it. They'd be like, oh, can I come and see you? Can I come and do this? Can I come and do that with you? And I'd gone to a, 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 an intuitive reading course where I learned about intuition and, and, and harnessing it. And so when I came back, I just said to my friends and friends of friends, like, I'm happy to do free readings. And people said when the, when they came, they were like, Oh my fucking God, dude, you're not reading the reading. You're reading my soul. Like, <laughs> how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And then people started talking and then people wanted to come and pay me for like coaching and mentoring. Yeah. And I was like, ah, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, I'm nursing. I'm this, I'm that. I had all these like, you know, rules and resistance. And then someone said, Hey, you should do the mind body spirit festival. Like put your name out there. And I had no Instagram, no Facebook, no website, nothing. And after three people had said, Hey, I reckon you should put yourself out there and do it. I signed up to do it and I was an absolute hit there. 
So what were you offering? What was your, what was your thing? Well, I just, I had these services. So I had services that I just made up. I had like three session packages or six session packages. And, um, I was giving away these boxes that I had made up, which all had a different quote in them. And then people would just choose the quote and then that would be for them. So it drew a lot of attention. Yeah. And my stand was like super beautiful and welcoming and white and all the like gorgeous stuff. And then someone who was like a writer and a blogger back then wanted to do a piece on me in a video piece, which then just started to spread the word and people signed up for four sessions. And once I got that email, once I got their, their emails and names, I was like, Oh my fucking God. All I've got is like cat John at outlook.com. <laughs> people are wanting to pay me. Do I get them to pay cash? Where do I see them? It was like, I just went on the fly. So you're like, Oh my gosh, people are actually buying these sessions. I need to figure out what the hell these are. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I was still nursing at the time and had just, start, just started up the grad dip of psych. So I was like, Oh my God, this is messy. It was, it just felt so much. And, and I was so underprepared, but not at the same time. It was kind of weird. So I was going to finish my nursing role in nine months time when I finished my diploma. And I think it was Christmas of 2014 where my boss, who we had the best relationship and still do, he turned around and said to me and he said, Kat, the world out there needs you more than what we need you here. Gave me a 10 grand check and he said, get the fuck out of here. What an amazing boss. So like I had no fucking money to my name. I had like two grand because I was so shit with money. So shit with money. Thank God he gave me that check, but I was living outside. I was living out on my own. I was like, oh my God, where am I going to get my income from? I then just went into sink or swim mode and just started fucking paddling. Paddling, 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 paddling. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And that's kind of the birth of the business. You had a few kind of random clients here and there. How did you start actually earning enough? How did you, what were you doing? What were you offering? How were you attracting people? I then started an Instagram account, then started a a Facebook page. At the time, I think also similar timing, I had done a chakra empowerment course, which was about, you know, unleashing your energy. And I got such huge improvement from that. And the owner of the course said, oh my God, dude, I have to hand this course over to you to teach because you're meant to teach this. I was like, what What? the fuck? So I got this opportunity and then so fucking next minute I'm running these circles for women. And I love it. Oh, like totally just going with the flow and and teaching them what I had learned through my chakra journey. And I don't know, I look to be honest, I actually don't know how. I think I was just putting putting up content and sharing my stuff and for some people it it resonated. And so I was earning some money through that, not a lot of money, some money through my clients, but like, dude, the first year of business, my whole fucking revenue was like 30 grand. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I was living out of home on 30 grand, a student, like barely any clients resistant to take on extra work as a nurse still, but in the end I had to, because I was just so fucking broke, like legit, I would turn my lights off and light candles. So I didn't have to pay (laughs) electricity bills. No shit. Um, 
And I ended up moving back in with my parents. I actually burnt myself out really badly and ended up hospitalized for burnout. So, you know. Um, was that in that first year, year or so? Great. Yes. Yeah, that was year one. That was probably first six months. Wowie. Okay. And so that was what, like five-ish years ago when you started? Yeah. Yeah. Because this will be year six now for me. So, Ooh, yes. I think we're the same. I, I think, think we're, we're the, the same. same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay. Can you tell us what your business looks like now? Because I feel as though you've got these great different projects or ambassador roles. Can you kind of take us through what the business looks like now, different revenue streams as well? Absolutely. So basically, you know, I've gone into that that filter modality of, okay, I've got my free content that I put out there, you know, Instagram, Facebook, podcast, and, and all that kind of stuff where it's just share, 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 add value. Then I've got uh, my meditation side where I've got a subscription base at the moment, but I've, I've put that on hold because I'm developing an app, a meditation app. So that's going to be another low price, but then to the masses revenue stream. I've currently got my coaching program, which is a six month coaching program where I take 20 clients on. I work one to one. And then I have um, my group trainings, um, which are obviously now on hold due to COVID. So they were in person? They were in person. Yeah. Yeah, They were were, um, six-day intensives split up into – Yeah, split up into three though. So three days one weekend, three days another weekend because it's just too much to take in. So revenue stream is through group trainings, through one-on-one coaching, and through the subscription – and then also corporate keynote speaking. Uh, I, I get asked to do a lot of keynote speaking for, for companies, schools. So they're my main revenue streams. And then I've got other ones in the pipeline now that are more one to mass, just simply because, you know, a lot of people want to work with me and my one-on-one coaching either may be too expensive for them or, you know, they want to start working now. So I'm creating revenue streams that can serve like people whilst I sleep. For sure, for sure. Ah, so exciting. Okay, so what have you had to learn about yourself with creating this business or what have you learned about yourselves through your business over the last five or so years? What I've learned is that I can take on too many things at once, that sometimes less is more and to really put my focus into what's going to create the best end result. So what I used to do was focus on a lot of inessential activity that may be getting an end result, but I was burning myself out in the, along the way. And so now over time, which is where I'm at now, where I'm like, okay, I have this coaching program where now I have pressure on myself because I've always got a wait list. People are still reaching out and I'm like, oh my fucking God, there are people out there who need my help and I'm not helping them. What can I do? So I guess I observe things like that and I look at then the way that I'm doing things and then how could I be doing this better? How can I still serve the people who want one-on-one time and maybe I reduce those numbers over time and start putting my energy more into one to mass. But yeah, the, the big lessons that I've had to learn was to what's really going to bring out the best end result for people and then for my business and, and also for me. It's funny because I think at the start we can offer, we can just kind of, when people want something, we're like, yeah, I'll offer that. Then I'll offer that. And then over time we start 
kind of filtering and, and eliminating and and just curating and being like, right, yeah, exactly like you said, what is the way I can really make the most impact with my business and be and simplify it as well? I'd love to hear some of the things that maybe you used to offer that you don't anymore. And then also any anything that like it's just been a total failure or things that have oh just my been God. <laughs> just haven't worked out in business perhaps. Yeah. So what I used to do, I used to run in-person meditation classes. So I would do that through a yoga studio or I would do that. I would hire out um, Lululemon. I'm an ambassador for Lululemon. So I'd hire out their space. And then the place that I used to live in, we had a loft space above the garage, which was super beautiful. So I had like a 10 to 12 person meditation sessions that I could run. So that actually worked out pretty well, but it was, it was sort of like inconsistent because some people didn't want to turn up every week. And then like one week, like everyone would turn up and I'd be like, yay. And then next week, two people would be turned up. I'm like, Oh my God, this is terrible. And I feel ashamed, you know, but the biggest, it wasn't so much a failure, but it was like a big, you know, um, shame thing that I experienced is that when I ran my first, very first ever meditation class, one person showed up to it. And then the week after fucking no one showed up. And then the week after that, no one showed up the week after that one person showed up, dude, I would have preferred fucking no one to show up than one person. I've had that with the workshop. I'm like, I'm going to put this workshop on. And then you sell one ticket. You're like, no. Oh my God. It's just like, so, so egoically embarrassing, you know, so egoically embarrassing. So obviously you kept going. I kept going for six weeks. Wow. Okay. Okay. Did you scrap it after that or what happened? No. So what I did, because because I still use that formula of tuning in, what's my gold medal acting in favor of it, right? So one of my, my gold medals and, and what I was guided to, to do was to share, to share my wisdom through meditation, that people can be in a receptive state where I can share parts of my message where it's like sprinkling fucking fairy dust into their soul. I am like, you're saying this. I'm like, I need this. This is going to be so good. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I'd always been told, you know, your voice is like this when, when, when you talk about meditation or when you do meditation, I love the way you speak. I love the music you use. And it was all very obvious that, you know, I was, I was good at this. So what happened after six weeks of the same, doing the same thing over and over and getting no fucking different result. So I was basically at a yoga studio, but I was not on the um, timetable. It was like an additional class at, you know, you, anyone could turn up to. So that was kind of like step number one fail. If I had have been on the timetable, then that could have worked better. So after six weeks, I was like, oh my God, I actually, I actually just want to give up this is shit. I'm not meant to do it. I'm bad. And I went into my whole little pity party. And then I just re-went into myself and I said, okay, is this gold medal still for me? Is this something that I still want? And the answer was yes. I said, okay, how could I be doing this differently? And I sat with myself. I get a lot of my answers in meditation when I'm quiet and I, I tap in and I tune in. And the answer that I got was go to a studio that is happy for meditation to be on the timetable. And at that time, meditation wasn't a thing to be on the timetable. Meditation classes weren't a thing to be on there. So I thought, fuck it. Okay. I reached out to two studios 
And I said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'd love to do. These are the classes that I can bring. And both of them said yes. So when I went, the, the difference was is that I didn't have to drum up all these new people. I could go to a place that had people already there and I could then focus on my magic. I could focus on my work. I could focus on the message that I wanted to share and the studio could just bring the people to me. Do you think a previous version of yourself would have, after no one turned up, said, well, I just can't do this. This just isn't for me. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. If I hadn't have done the work that I'd done on myself and, and, and realized how much bullshit we tell ourselves and sell ourselves, that would have been done, done deal. And it's almost as though we can be like, see, it's not going to work. See, and it's almost like keeping us safe with where we are now, isn't it? hundred percent. And, and, and interestingly, so what happened from there? Cause I have these visions of, you know, mass meditations of thousands of people and leading it. And, and so what happened was because I was teaching it in all these different places or these two different places, some of the people that were turning up were from Lululemon. I had no idea who they were. They love the meditation class. They were like, Hey, can you come and do this in our store? And I'm like, yep, no problem. Started a relationship with them. They then asked me to be their ambassador. And then like literally two years after my first meditation class of one person showing up, I'm standing at Federation Square in front of 25,000 people running a mass meditation. (gasps) So cool. That's where I know, you know, don't give up on the vision, but be prepared to fucking adapt the plan. Were you scared standing on that stage? What did that look like? Or had you kind of built up to that, that you still maybe had a little bit of the fear, but you were just like, yeah, I'm ready. What, like, what did it feel like? I guess I had done mass meditations. So then I started getting asked to do more meditations and mass meditations in front of like, you know, 50 people and then a hundred people and 300 people and 500 people. And so every time the number grew, I was like, oh my God, can I do this? Um, to which like short answer is yes. I just have to fucking start talking and then I'm doing it. <laughs> So with that, that was a Lululemon and Run Melbourne event. It was a Run Melbourne event. So they'd never done it before. They'd always done like a warm up on the stage for the runners, but they'd never done a mindset piece. And they said, Kat, we'd love you to do like a two minute mindset, get everyone in the zone um, meditation. So of course, before going up there, my heart's pumping and I kind of can go into oh, who do I have to be for everyone to like me? I can go back into that personality profile, right? But I just go, no, 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 no. Just show up as you, stick with your message, be and harness the energy that you want to give to everyone else and just fucking rock it, girl. So I, I let myself have a freak out. Then I have a quick chat with myself and then I just, and then I show up and I get talking. And as soon as I'm talking, I'm okay. It's often the case, isn't it? It's like once you start doing it, you, you just get into the moment. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that was um, a failure turned monster success. I want to ask, finding yourself over the years, have there been people in your life that have maybe rejected that and perhaps it's made them feel uncomfortable because you have stepped into yourself and are just 
being yourself so Mm. just so authentically and openly and I'm sure that triggers some people what has that looked like for you um I think it's been probably the people who know me well Uh, it's been a watchable evolution for them to really see fuck this is who she used to be and this is who she is now I haven't so much had direct questioning from you know people who Uh, I know and that are around me but maybe they see me differently now maybe the the energy is just a little bit different not so much off but it's just it's different you know if I was that people pleaser and that peacemaker and wouldn't say anything at the at the dinner table with friends whereas now I do then things are different where I can trigger people is showing up in such a way where I allow my flaws to be seen and I own that and I accept that. I think what I can trigger in people is like, oh my fucking God, I don't do that. That looks like something that I want, but it seems too far out of reach for people. So then they might go ahead and judge me for being too much or too this or too that. Or maybe there's stuff that goes on behind my back that I'm, that I'm not aware of, but it hasn't been super direct, at, at least not at my face anyway. What would you say to those people that you mentioned who perhaps see you or see anyone that's really going for it and showing themselves just as they are without filtering and trying to only show kind of the, the best part of themselves? And perhaps that is something that they're like, oh, I want that too, but I'm, I just I don't think I can do that. What would you say to them? The current way that you're doing things, what is it costing you? How is it? actually making you feel when you see someone who looks to be very authentic and real and and all the rest what is that bringing up in you and instead of projecting your shit onto that person how can you own what's coming up for you and then go about making those changes so that you don't have to keep you know separating yourself or comparing yourself or judging that other person for living that kind of life and you're living this kind of life so I often ask my coaching clients, okay, cool, but what's that costing you? If you're afraid to do this, if you're afraid to do that, if you don't want to do this, what's that costing you? Is it costing you your true self-expression? feeling like you can be your true self? Is it costing you your happiness? Is it costing you your fucking relationship? Is it costing you calling in a relationship? And and to sit the fuck on that and, and reflect upon that. It's funny because I think the things that we judge in others are often the things that we wish we had ourselves. Absolutely. It's an ugly thing to admit, you know, it's really ugly. It's like, Oh God, I wish I didn't think like this, but I fucking am like, no one likes to admit they're jealous or that they're, they're having, you know, comparison, imposter syndrome stuff, but we all do, you know, we all do. And I I can look at that with people who have got more followers than me or this or that or the other. And I'm just like, Oh my God, cat, shut the fuck up. Own your stuff. (laughs) Like what else could you be doing? You know, just be okay with what you're doing. So we all do it. We all do it. What is something that you're working on right now on yourself? What's kind of something that you're like, Hey, this is, this is something I need to need to work on. What I'm working on right now is it's a, it's a big one when it comes to step parenting. I'm working on how can I 
operate, and this is also COVID related too with stepchildren, how can I operate powerfully and in a way that I feel proud of with having less space than I've had before? Because I am equal extrovert to introvert. I fucking need, I need introverted time like you wouldn't believe more than I need extroverted time. My introvert time prepares me for extrovert time. So with going from being single to being with Steve to becoming a stepmom 50-50 to now becoming nearly a full-time stepmom and then running a business and not having as much me time, real me time, undisturbed. I don't have to fucking think about cooking something for someone else or cleaning up this or doing that. I've been really, actually really struggling with that hard during covid and probably the last, I'd say, three months really struggling. So I'm working on how can I redefine space? How can I redefine showing up powerfully with limited space and showing up in a way that I feel proud of? Not perfect, not perfect, but I feel proud of. This is what so many people I'm sure are also grappling with. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's where I always love to share from. I, I always share what's going on. And once I've got an answer. Once I've got like concreted answer that I've tried and error and trialed and errored and errored and trialed and it's working, then I'm like, fuckers, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kat, thank you so much for chatting with me. Is there anything that I haven't asked, anything that you want to share that we haven't talked about? No, no. I mean, you you know I'm an open book and I can talk about anything. So if you ask me that, I'm like, let me talk about this, that and the other. Um, no, I've just, I've, you know, I, I've loved being on here and speaking this way and, and hopefully whatever I have shared has, has touched some, some of your crew and your community. So um, I just appreciate your, your time and your presence and for asking me to come on. What a pleasure. Thank you so much, Kat. Where can everyone go to find you? You can check me out over on Instagram, um, kat.john, K-A-T dot J-O-H-N, um, or head to my website, katjohn.com.au. And your potty. Oh, yeah, and my potty. I always forget about that, and it's such a good <laughs> podcast. Like, it's doing very, very well. When did you um, launch it, by the way? I launched it last year, oh, June 1st or July 1st. Same um, as me. Yes. yes. Awesome. Yes. So awesome. It's, yeah, it's, it's done very, very, very well. Um, so, yes, my podcast is called Real Raw Relatable. Mm, we'll pop a link under here for everyone to go check it out. Thank you, my love. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.